Greetings. Thank you all for returning to this week's new study episode titled, The Rapture, A Mystery, A New Thing, Part 11, The Parable of the Ten Virgins, Part 2. I am Pastor John, welcoming our returning global audience of unchurched, self-study people, as well as those who are part of a church. For anyone looking for greater depths in God's Word with a stronger personal study, we also extend a warm welcome to all our new listeners here for the first time. Thank you all for listening. May you all be blessed of God. Last week, we posted our episode titled, The Rapture, A Mystery, A New Thing, Part 10, The Parable of the Ten Virgins, Part 1, on August 7th. In that episode, we noted Barnes' New Testament notes. Barnes said, When the Son of Man returns to judgment, it shall be as it was in the case of ten virgins in a marriage ceremony. The coming of Christ to receive his people to himself is often represented under the similitude of a marriage, the church being represented as his spouse or bride. The marriage relation is the most tender, firm, and endearing of any known on earth, and on this account it fitly represents the union of believers to Christ. This means, literally, that the subject matter is not about human marriage. The marriage is a relevant comparison, a similitude of something else. An easy way for people to understand what Christ's words are all about. We also found support in the book of Revelation showing that this parable is about the same subject, his people being ready to go with him to their eternal home, of which the book of Revelation clearly demonstrates they have been taken there. We also noted how Barnes referred us back to our first scripture in Revelation chapter 19. This is how we find the biblical connections that help us put the puzzle of Scripture investigation together so we have a cognitive and seamless understanding, not based in speculative and assumed learning, but real learning of what Scripture tells us about subjects such as this, where the story is spread out through the Bible. Lastly, and not at all insignificant. We noticed how only five kept their lamps ready and five did not. Barnes' New Testament notes told us the very important takeaway from this commentary passage. The wise virgins knew that the time of his coming was... To find out more, listen to our previous episode titled, The Rapture, A Mystery, A New Thing, Part 10, the Parable of the Ten Virgins, Part 1. This week, as my subtitle says, we will continue to examine the parable of the ten virgins in this final part. This parable is only recorded by Matthew. All three Gospels end with very similar text that we examined last week as a lead-in to our fuller study of this parable. This week, we will seek to learn more of what we are being told by our Bibles. Our scripture reads, 
when the bridegroom was delayed a long time, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. But at midnight there was a shout, Look, the bridegroom is here! Come out and meet him! Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, because our lamps are going out. No, they replied, there won't be enough for you and for us. Go instead to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they had gone to buy it, the bridegroom arrived, and those who were ready went inside with him to the wedding banquet. Then the door was shut. Later, the other virgins came too, saying, Lord, Lord, let us in. But he replied, I tell you the truth, I do not know you. Therefore, stay alert, because you do not know the day or the hour. There are a few things we should take note of and examine. Note, the bridegroom tarried, that is, while they waited for him. It was uncertain at what time he would come. He delayed longer than they expected. From Barnes' New Testament Notes There is that uncertainty of Christ's arrival for his church again. Many have made the news on broadcast television and on the Internet in America where their claims of knowing when Christ will come some making hard predictions that never came true. We should, therefore, understand that Christ's arrival for his church is in this time of waiting with no prominent declaration of a day and hour. This time that could actually be what Scripture says are these present days right now. Also, we could be that generation that sees all these things take place before we are called home to permanently reside in heaven. We should note that until all people of a particular generation have died, that generation is still alive on earth, even if it is down to one person. While a bit grim, it is fact nonetheless. Moving on. Scripture tells us to stay alert. Even Jesus' own words are, Stay alert! Exclamation point! That means that Jesus was emphatic and assertive when he said, Stay alert! So, why do we read of these ten virgins falling asleep? How can one fall asleep and somehow still be alert? Do not military personnel go to bed so they are fully rested for their deployment assignment and during their deployment assignment? Waiting till near midnight, they fell into repose. This circumstance is not to be pressed to prove that all Christians will be asleep, or cold and careless, when the Lord Jesus will come. It will not be true. Many may be so, but many also will be looking for his coming. This circumstance is designed simply to show more clearly the duty of being ready. It does not mean to affirm it as a fact that none will be ready. From Barnes' New Testament Notes
in this use of, quote, asleep, end quote, it does not necessarily mean what we take of this word at first read. The word asleep is used for several other things that make the word relevant to this usage. Other meanings for the word, quote, asleep, end quote, are inactive, dormant, in or into a state of apathy or indifference, into a state of numbness, indifferent. A common meaning example this dictionary uses for indifference is politicians who are asleep to the needs of their constituents. From the Free Dictionary by Farlex. So there lies the mystery of this word, asleep. One can be wide awake while asleep to the world around them. Notice what Barnes said. This circumstance is not to be pressed to prove that all Christians will be asleep or cold and careless when the Lord Jesus will come. Is cold and careless not this meaning of falling asleep? While natural rest, sleeping, is implied by the hour being near midnight, asleep in these circumstances means more than simply falling asleep for the needed rest of the body. It should be clear that we are not talking about the slumber of sleep in the nighttime that we all need to function at our best in the daytime. The word asleep in this context means apathy and or indifference, or, as commentary said, cold and careless. That apathy or indifference, that coldness and or carelessness, may be caused by a root issue of numbness growing in a person in the waiting for the coming of the bridegroom, Jesus, for us. After all, there was an insurgence years ago of people everywhere telling us that Jesus was coming back to save us from this world and its ills. However, that has not yet happened. That period referred to in Matthew chapter 24, verse 5. The verse starts with, When the bridegroom was delayed a long time, comma, then it says, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. In other words, the careless five with no extra lamp oil may have become apathetic and indifferent. Never mind all of them. Even becoming numb to the notion of his return ever being possible. This is the sleepiness we are warned to not fall into. This type of sleepiness can cause us to not be ready when he comes for us. However, it is perfectly plausible to read that as all the ten virgins simply falling asleep from a need of simple rest and nothing more. It is also perfectly plausible to believe that all ten virgins fell asleep through doubt, apathy, and or indifference becoming cold and indifferent. Scripture tells us to look up for our redemption draws nigh. Isn't sadness, indifference, and or apathy forms of hanging our head down and thus 
we are not looking up? When humans are sad, indifferent, or apathetic, they do not look up. They hold their head down in the majority of cases. Could this be a more emphatic way of Jesus telling his listeners that their redemption draws nigh? That they should instead be filled with the joy that causes one to be looking up? We should at least think about the answers to these questions. Quoting, At midnight, that is, at the most dismal and unseasonable time, when all the virgins were fast asleep, and, when awakened in great affrightment, could not on a sudden consider what to do. Such is the case of those who put off their repentance and preparation for another world till they are surprised by death and judgment. Lord, how will the midnight cry of the bridegroom's coming terrify and amaze the unprepared soul? What a surprising word will this be! Behold, the bridegroom comes! From Expository Notes with Practical Observations on the New Testament by William Burkett. Notice what William Burkett said. At midnight, that is, at the most dismal and unseasonable time, when all the virgins were fast asleep and, when awakened in great affrightment, could not on a sudden consider what to do. Let me rephrase that to make better sense of it. At midnight, that is, at the most dismal and unseasonable time, when all the virgins were fast asleep, and when awakened in great affrightment, could not, quote, immediately, end quote, consider what to do, or could not on a sudden consider what to do. Even if you are awake, a sudden happening can cause this same effect in people. A daylight earthquake, for example, of significant magnitude can cause great affrightment. So, the coming of Christ to take his people home can also cause great affrightment. Such frightened people cannot immediately consider what to do, or cannot, on a sudden, consider what to do. Notice further. Such is the case of those who put off their repentance and preparation for another world till they are surprised by death and judgment. I think that could very well cause a level of affrightment greater than the affrightment caused by a calamity such as an earthquake of significant magnitude. I believe we see that, at the very least, in the five virgins without extra olive oil. Are you saved in Christ, or will your affrightment be caused by seeing his people are suddenly missing from this earth? You may want to think about that and how you might receive Christ to ease this affrightment. As reason says, he may come. Faith says, he will come, and argues from the promise of Christ, and from the purchase of Christ, from Christ's affection to us and from our affection to him. Faith has seen him upon the cross and determines we shall see him in the clouds. 
the bridegroom will certainly come at his own time. Happy they that are ready to go forth to meet him. From Expository Notes with Practical Observations on the New Testament by William Burkett. William Burkett refers to the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verse 3. I will read the full context so we understand what that verse is really telling us. Do not let your hearts be distressed. You believe in God. Believe also in me. There are many dwelling places in my Father's house. Otherwise, I would have told you, because I am going away to make ready a place for you. And if I go and make ready a place for you, I will come again and take you to be with me, so that where I am, you may be too. And you know the way where I am going. Verse 3 is our cross-reference. It read, And if I go and make ready a place for you, I will come again and take you to be with me, so that where I am, you will be too. Clearly, we have a place in heaven. I think it can be understood from this verse how great the love of our Savior is for us. The house of the Father has no restrictions. The Lord represents it in His glorious spaciousness. Not only the Father and the Son live there, but there is room for all of His own without distinction. The fact that the Father's house has dwelling places shows the enduring stay of the believers in it. They do not just come there every now and then, but they are welcome to dwell there. To underline the certainty of his words to the disciples, the Lord says that he would not have said so if it had not been true. He would not create hope if he were unable to fulfill that hope for his own. In order to provide them with that place, he is already going there. It is necessary because without his preparation, they will not be able to get there. It is about the Father's house and not about crowns, cities, or a place in the kingdom. There is also no distinction between a larger or a nicer room here. There are many dwelling places. There is a dwelling place for every believer. This is the result of the love of the Father and the Son, a love that can never, ever disappoint. The disciples have given up everything to be with the Messiah on earth and to receive everything from him. Now he will leave them. Will they all lose that when he will leave? No, on the contrary, they will get much more. He will go away and prepare an even more profound relationship and a much more superior dwelling place where death has no access. In order to make that wonderful place accessible to them, he must go to the cross. Through his work on the cross and his resurrection, he will open the Father's house for people who otherwise 
could never come there because of their sins. From King Comment's Commentary on the Whole Bible. First, we should note every human being saved in Christ on this earth has their own dwelling place in heaven. Both Scripture and this commentary passage tell us this is true. Secondly, our commentary passage told us there are many dwelling places. There is a dwelling place for every believer. This is the result of the love of the Father and the Son, a love that can never, ever disappoint. Make sure of that understanding and use it to help build your hope in these grand things to come. Thirdly, we need to note also the disciples have given up everything to be with the Messiah on earth and to receive everything from him. Now he will leave them. Will they all lose that when he will leave? No, on the contrary, they will get much more. He will go away and prepare an even more profound relationship and a much more superior dwelling place where death has no access. This means his chosen, his people, who diligently follow him here on earth right now and who have and have passed away, will get much more when he takes us home. In his present absence, he is preparing an even more profound relationship. As well, he is also preparing a much more superior dwelling place where death has no access. There it is, our eternal life, without sin or death anymore. Even though not said, sin is not found there either. How can I say that so flatly? Our Bible tells us the wages of sin is death. If there is no death, there is also no sin anymore since sin is the cause of death. In closing, let us read these seven verses again. But at midnight there was a shout, Look, the bridegroom is here! Come out and meet him! Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. No, they replied. There won't be enough for you and for us. Go instead to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they had gone to buy it, the bridegroom arrived, and those who were ready went inside with him to the wedding banquet. Then the door was shut. Later, the other virgins came too, saying, Lord, Lord, let us in. But he replied, I tell you the truth. I do not know you. Therefore, stay alert, because you do not know the day or the hour. Five bridemaids, or five virgins, prepared themselves to be received by their bridegroom, Jesus. Five did not, by not having the needed extra olive oil for their lamp at the very least. This should be seen by us today 
as the similitude it is for being saved in Christ. Our salvation is like the lamp oil. If we are saved in Christ, our extra olive oil is found in doing godly things and witnessing to others of our faith and love in Him. The foolish virgins or bridesmaids were not really serious about the marriage they were to be a part of when the bridegroom came looking for his bride. It should also be seen that by running around and trying to make it all right when Christ will come for us, at that point, it is too late. He will take us home in that hidden taking of people from this earth. Those rushing around to make it right will be too late when they finally find themselves ready. Next week, we will examine the subject, the day of the Lord. This will give us more insight. We will see several things in our new biblical passage that we have already seen. Our passage in 1 Thessalonians will bring several things to greater understanding and purpose. Join us next week for our episode titled, The Rapture, A Mystery, A New Thing, Part 12. Play or download our episodes from one of our podcast hosts, or follow direct links to these platforms on our website under the podcast menu item. Details follow. All Bible quotes, without a citation, are from the New English Translation Free Version. Also, please check our show notes for links to our website and other information you may want to know. This study podcast is a wholly self-funded outreach presented by the Church of the Unchurched, currently an all-electronic Boston-based outreach uniting the community of lost, searching, lonely, and forgotten in Christ. We greatly appreciate serving our international audience. God bless you all. If you are visiting for the first time, welcome and God bless you. We look forward to the return of all our faithful listeners and new listeners. Thank you all so much. Please share our podcast with family, friends, and others you believe would find it a blessing. If you are unsaved, we truly hope you find God as well as receiving Him as Lord and Savior of your life. Please find a short link to our episode titled, How to be Saved, at the bottom of any episode description. To learn more about us and who we are, give our episode titled, Introduction, About Us, Who We Are, a listen. In that episode, you will learn more about us, who we are reaching out to, our mission, vision, ministry, and more. Again, A short link to this episode is found at the bottom of any episode description. If you go to our internet homepage, under the podcast menu item, you can find many popular podcast platforms we are found on. So, you should be able to find us on a platform you like. We refresh all our feeds with every weekly episode upload on Sunday's U.S. East Coast time zone. These sites update our feed within 24 hours of our refresh, many sooner than others. Our website is located at this internet address, unchurched.site12.com. 
3.me. Now, may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and by grace gave us eternal comfort and good hope, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good thing you do or say. Until next week, this is Pastor John for the Church of the Unchurched.